When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you know i bet there were a couple seconds on that medieval torture stretcher rack where it feels incredible (laughs) that's that's rough dude um no speaking of dark yes oh come on is that how they used to kill people one of those stretchers they stretch them out until they fell you know got torn to pieces who's they and why and when uh, medieval people Oh, they were evil. They were evil. And mid, mid evil. Yeah. They and they were mid. Those mids. They actually weren't mid. They were pretty sick. Oh. But you know what I'm saying? I I, I mean, yeah, I I guess. You don't feel like you could use a good stretching. Yeah. I could. I mean, sure, but it's not a chiropractor. No, that's a cracking. A a cracking? They crack you, you know. What? Well, isn't that what you're talking about when you stretch out? Not necessarily. It could be musculature. 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 Wow. Musculature. You like that? <laughs> yeah. You uh, learned that last week? I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, um, we kicked Shmev and Evan off the podcast. Oh, yeah. They the, kept uh, fighting over their names. Yep. Who was who. So we just we just had to get rid of them. They're gone. It was too much. Um, unfortunately, they had all of our decorations. So we'll never get yeah. anything back. Yeah, that's why we have this tablecloth. It's so awful. I don't know where Zach found it. Um Oh, don't! He took it off his bed. <laughs> it looks like it. I hope not. No, we just found it. It's just a little wrinkly. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I don't know how much that translates to camera, but it's very wrinkly. Have you seen those uh, meme chiropractor videos where they're like doing demo on a house and they take like a piece of drywall and they're like, okay, they sound like a chiropractor. Like, okay, all right, just take a deep breath for me. Ready? Ready? <laughs> Breathe. No. Breathe. Thank you. Oh, oh my, my God! Gosh. <laughs> That's this, it. This, this is why we don't do things like this, Preston. <laughs> man, Evan, you've been gone for like yeah, y'all two minutes. Back. Y'all gotta come back. Preston's already messed up. Oh, well. That went everywhere. But, you, gonna, you gonna wipe that off? Oh, or are you just gonna let it... No, it's there now. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> oh. All right. Well... I'll take a drink of this before I spill the rest. Of it. Uh, to answer your question, no, I have not seen those videos. I think that's just your algorithm, buddy. Yeah. Well, I get a lot of chiropractic. Speaking of algorithms, those. yeah. You know what's funny? Coffee spilling. Yeah. <laughs> On me. Everyone's algorithm is so different. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, if mm-hmm. you will, if, and and I will. He was talking about his Instagram, and guess what his Instagram is like? Bears. Pretty much. It's like, just wild, man, you know, it's like wild on Instagram. He's like, every time I open the app, someone's killing someone. I just see people getting shot or run over and and bears getting shot. It's like, like, my Instagram is nothing like that. 
dude. Like literally nothing like that. Your Instagram that. is wild though. My Instagram is way. funny. <laughs> funny videos. Mm. His is people dying. That sounds like a Joe <laughs> algorithm. No, my my Instagram is normally like music, cars, and I don't know, probably a third thing. Yeah. Thoughts. This is where you <laughs> tell us what your algorithm is like. Yeah. I'm actually a little scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably chiropractor well, It's extremely random. Yeah. I'll just be sitting there sometimes late at night, scrolling past something, and then something that I prob- that probably can't be repeated will show up. Um, and then I'll keep scrolling past it, and I was like, wait, what? 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 What was that? For me, I never like hardly anything. I just got out of that habit a long time ago. I just don't like posts. So your Instagram doesn't know what in the world It doesn't know what I like. It just knows based off of how long I watched the video, I guess. Right. So it, but it, it's still guessing all the time. So I get a lot of random stuff all uh, the time. Just a few days ago, I saw a goat, like a mountain goat, on my feed, and it was throwing itself off a mountain in the Alps. <laughs> I was like, "Why is this? Like, who? First off, who filmed this? Yeah. Is the goat a paid actor? <laughs> and uh, how is it showing up on my feed? Like, I don't get it. Is the goat a paid actor? All right, here we go. I'm gonna look through my Instagram feed." <laughs> in my reels um music oh i love that guy he plays bass um, very well some interview that was Aubrey anime plus whatever her name plus, was plus from episode of suits does and everyone then, else yeah. get that too i noticed i have a lot of suits clips that pop up that was, was that the first a new one show? i've seen oh is that a new show suits no it's actually an older show it's about a bunch uh, of lawyers i get a lot of car wreck videos actually Oh yeah, I, I get too. that too. I follow this uh, page. It's like JDM fails or something, and it's like all these people doing dumb stuff at car meets. It's pretty great. I get ones where it's like a semi driver. He has a dash cam, yeah. and his like entire channel is just dumb drivers doing stupid stuff. Oh, sure. like just getting right in front of them and then slamming on their brakes. That makes me so mad. It's like, dude, they can't stop in time. Like, they can't. It's a ginormous vehicle. What's wild to me, too, is that I feel like... Shout out to Trevor. Wild. Wild. Is that, you know, semi-truck drivers really run a very large portion of what we consume here in the country. So, like, why are you slowing them down? Like, why are you getting mad at them? While people get mad at the guy that's got a rice stout Honda and is doing 95 on the interstate tailgating someone. Has no exhaust. Get mad at them whatsoever. If anyone, you know, and then we endorse full. violence. Yes. <laughs> um, and then it's full of like quotes that try to be deep, but I don't really know how deep they are. Um, I used to get those. This one: the uh, more distance a car has traveled, the less it's valued. The more yeah. distance a driver has driven, the greater their value. I won't explain. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I those little, <laughs> those little like so I won't stupid. explain. Nah, or dumb. the ones that oh man, Mackenzie's writing something deep. She thinks, yeah, she's Mackenzie. Yeah, fourteen. That sounds like a fourteen-year-old girl who just tried to write something deep. I won't explain. It's like the type of people that would tweet and quote themselves. Well, I guess not tweeting anymore, but xing, x. <laughs> that does not sound appropriate. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I never had that. That phrase has not come out of my mouth yet. <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> that's the first time I heard that. Is that and I didn't what it's like called? 
Xing? Oh, it's gosh. just posting. Oh. Well, you had mentioned the AI earlier. I had listened to the Post Malone Joe Rogan podcast because mm. apparently that's the only thing we listen to. Yeah. And Joe, or not Joe, sorry, Post Malone was talking about AI music and how that's going to go forward. Like yeah. he was thinking if if you've already taken it this far to the sense that you can take an artist's voice and make a song through AI, how long is it going to take before there's a service where you can make an AI song with lyrics tailored to you personally, yeah. specifically? Like, how long will that take? And then what will that look like in the pricing? And then all of a sudden, the best songs in your playlist are the ones that are catered specifically for you. Like, it's kind of scary to think about. And, like, artists are really going to have to start using, like, I don't know, like an image clause or something. I don't, like, you know, like yeah, you like can't use my image or my likeness. Rights to their voice. Yeah, image yeah. or likeness. But the issue then falls into record companies that they sign deals with. They own their image and their likeness. Yeah. So when's the record companies going to start getting on this and making their own AI platforms using their artists that they've signed? You like, know what I think? You know what I mean? What, what do you think? think? <laughs> that was great. What I think, I think these record labels and record, don't leave them hanging. All right, fist bump. I already did. I think record labels and stuff, I think those things are going to slowly just go away. They're just kind of a middleman. I think the more that people can just record from home and create their own things, the more they're not going to have to sign some crazy deal that screws them for the rest of their life. Yes and no. So the thing with record companies was that back in the day, they had they had like the ownership of the radio company, right? And then once radio companies started getting their own ownership and owning themselves, they still had relationships with them. So basically, yeah. any artist that isn't signed and wants to get on the radio has to have a relationship with that said record company. And there's all sorts of deals that will like absolutely screw them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think radio is going to go away, too. Oh, Never time. well, I don't know. Radio I don't, is still here. I don't either. I think it. I think people get so stuck in their ways that they won't change, and that's why it's still around. Because well, radio, I, I still think, listen to radio. I still listen to it, too, but I think radio will change into, like, how... The streaming. Yeah, how Apple Music has a radio. Like Apple's radio, I think it'll turn into that. I think it's, okay. I think FM. Let's just say that. I oh, think FM AM radio waves. Yeah, and FM. I think those things are going to be pulled away. Yeah, and I think it's going to go back and it's just going to revamp what radio means. Oh, know, that, that's sure. what I'm saying. It's, that's fair. That'll go, and then I think eventually, the more people can do things at home and get access to good equipment, the less they're going to need. I, I don't know. Yeah, the, the record deal. I don't, I don't know. But back to the record company thing, and you know, you guys can stop me if you think I'm wrong. But You're I wrong. think what's going to happen is if if you think about the amount of music that the market is saturated with right now because of home studios and the ability to like make music on your own, that it's eventually going to going to become so oversaturated to the point kind of where it is right now that people are going to start wanting really good music and the A&R reps that work for, you know, whether it's the record companies or the independent people are going to be the people like signing the really good artists versus the ones that are kind of mid on all the platforms. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Like, Maybe they're not going anywhere. And I don't know if I've explained this before, but A&R is artists and repertoire. It's actually, it's kind of a dream job for a lot of people because all it is is scouting talent kind of like for sports, but for music. And A&R reps have been a part of record companies for years, but there's also independent ones. So I don't know. I think 
In my opinion, and this will be my closing thought, A&R reps are going to take over what record companies used to be. Okay. That's just my two cents. Boom. That's probably probably correct. I trust your I hope opinion. So. Thank you. I took a music business class. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he knows the business. <laughs> I know my business. I just well, The reason I kind of thought something with the record labels is going to change because there's so much change in music. And when there's a lot mm. of change going on, something usually goes away and something replaces it, regardless if it's better or worse. That's up to you to decide. But something will usually change yeah. if there's a lot of big things, especially in technology. True. As technology just pushes something and gets not only used by big companies, but to where the public can just use it, that usually shakes things up a lot. Yeah. So something's going to change, and that seems most likely. Market so. always adjusts, no matter what it's It done. does. Yeah. So what do you think about the statement when someone says... The creative world is dying because of what? blank. What do you what What do you say to them? You, what What is that? When the, just like let's finish music out, artists finish out the sentence. Dying because of AI. Yeah, dying because of AI because of technology. Because oh, be oh, dying because of streaming. <clears throat> right. No. Um, what do you think? I think AI is getting to the point. I, I I don't know. It's it's really <laughs> wild. <laughs> it is because um, there's so many different ways AI can affect even like my job. I've thought about it. Like I I mix bands, and if someone were to develop a form of AI that mixes bands for you live or in the studio, and it's just as good as the industry standard, like that gets scary for me. I don't know. It does, but at the same time, I feel like there's always going to have to be a human that regulates that software to do your job. Sure. Think about this. Right now, if I want to party up in Nashville, yeah, what's stopping me right now from just finding a playlist, hitting shuffle, and getting a bunch of people to start dancing and partying? Nothing. But if I have a DJ... All of a sudden, the mood changes. Like, you got a DJ? Oh, we're going to have a blast. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a different energy when you have a person that you can stare at, and they're like, this is the DJ song. The DJ is playing this. You know what I mean? It's different than, like, play. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, here's the thing, though. That will probably come down to what your budget is. True. And For who? For the person throwing the party. In okay. In this instance, right. you. If yeah. <laughs> you have a budget and you're like, oh, you know, I could spend this amount on right. the DJ or I could put more in somewhere else. And, you know, people probably aren't going to care. It'll but I'm just saying, way. like, if the argument is you can get rid of them, get rid of them in the future, you can technically get rid of them right now. But people aren't. Why? Because they want a human. That's yeah, true. I think we want freaking humans to stay around. People get married to a brand, not a product. So if that brand yeah. is par- like partnered with a person, like there's a person at the face of that brand, yeah. if that's what people are going to want. I have a theory, and I would argue that I am 100% right here. People don't love Post Malone's music. They love Post Malone and like his music. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So I do know I don't what know. you mean. It, like, there is a real... like authentic factor that y'all are talking about that I agree with. Like there has to be a person that is the face of a brand or else everything is just going to be so materialistic, including AI. So, yeah. yeah. So you're saying the authenticity of a person is probably what's going to 
you know, be the saving grace in that instance. Yes. So what you're saying is you can't kill art and you can't kill creativity. Yes. I think even with... I agree. I, I understand with the facts that you have been given in your life, why you think that, oh, this is just going to kill creativity. This is going to kill off the artist's ability to make a living. Yeah. How many I, hundreds of years have we said that? We've said that it about every die. new invention. Everybody thinks everything's going to die. Yeah. Have I, you ever thought about the fact that everything's going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine, even just in a broader sense, could you imagine how many times throughout history people thought, oh, this is the end of the world? Yeah. And we just learn about it in the history of now, like, oh, yeah, well, that worked out. Yeah, like, right. Genghis Khan <laughs> murdered, like, a third of the world's population. Yeah. I'm sure everyone thought, oh, this is it. We're done. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but. So murder's okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> <You know>? oh, <laughs> no. Because everything's going to be all right. This no. is going to look really bad if we get a nuclear war, like, after <laughs> oh we record this. God. And you just said, well, we thought the end of the world, and it just hasn't happened. And then boom, Knock on wood. literally boom. No, oh. no, it's not what I'm saying. I mean, no. it could end, <laughs> Look, but it just hasn't yet. Just because great. the artist yeah. isn't the one. Oh, back to this. Creating. <laughs> this is this is the point I'm trying to come back to. Yeah. Is that just because the artist isn't the one physically doing the work, they're still the one using their creative mind to know how to get the work done, whether they have, sure. they can have as much input as they would like to have. Yeah. Like take for a specific example, like an, like an artist, like a visual artist with, I guess in this instance, visual painting to, um, something visual, digital art. Mm -hmm. It's going to take the creativity because the AI could create whatever, but it's going to take the input of the artist to tell it what to look like. Yeah. I yes. think also what people care about, too, going back to the human element of it, is let's take music, for instance. Uh, that's a form of, of art, too. Yeah. But the the input, like you're talking about, usually is conveying some kind of story to something, the message, the content of what they're saying. Yeah. And then there's also <clears throat> the the imperfect things people are always like my imperfections are what make me perfect <laughs> which is very cringy okay mckenzie valley gal <laughs> but there is some there's some truth to that because you can be a trained singer and sing the proper way but if you have someone who just doesn't care about that at all and they just sing their heart out and they actually are really showing emotion in what they're singing, you're going to like that song way more mm -hmm. than the perfect singer. Well, they told us that when we were doing music growing up. Yep. They're like, the people that look like they're having a really good time are going to be the ones that people are like, oh, that person's really good. And they sound better mm -hmm. by oh. just that way, which kind of brings me up to like a new song that went viral because of oh, messaging yeah. and then also just his voice and his character in general, the Richmond north of Oliver... Richmond. Anthony Oliver? Yeah. Oliver Anthony. Or Oliver. Yeah, Oliver Anthony. Yeah. Who went yeah. on Joe Rogan, nope. speaking of him. Yeah, I just started that episode. It was really good so far. I haven't but gotten there yet. He's, I mean, uh, it's great. he's crazy. And he just went viral overnight. It was like that. Like he, yeah. I looked up his monthly listeners on Spotify, 7.3 million. But it goes back to that thing. People that you said about the authenticity of a person, people really like him. Mm. So they really liked that song and that's me that song's message. But they also didn't know him. So they really liked his message and then they grew to like him and then grew to like his song. 
they based knew, off of what's in that song. They know? knew him through the product that the yeah. brand provided. Yep. Boom. Uh, yeah. Boom. Little, uh, little wiki there. That's music yeah. business. Yes, that is music business, son. You got to have that the human element to it. Did you just call me son? Yeah. Please He's wipe your shoe you. off. It's just got coffee on it. Everyone. We're gonna have if to I do start some deep with, cleaning. If I start after. with the shoe, then I have to go to the pants. And if I go to the pants, I have to go to the shirt, and it's just easier not to clean it. Uh, well, anyway, stop. Yeah. Anyway, what y'all think of the song? Do you like it? <laughs> I thought it's got a cool vibe. Yeah, I did too. It's not like the most it. technical song you'll ever no. hear, but it, like, no. it goes back to what you're saying that it's it's very entertaining to watch, and it's the emotion behind it that the, sells it. The first time I listened to it, our dad sent it to me. And uh, wait, you guys are brothers? Yeah, we're yeah, brothers. You, you didn't know that? <laughs> we have the same dad and the same mom. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, he sent it to me and he's like, you know, we were at the beach and he's like, just in case you're missing, you know, the, the news, the, the big headlines, this is like the number one song right now. Just to uh, yeah. give you a heads up, your old dad's keeping you in the loop of what's, <laughs> what's cool. So I was like, thank you. Because I mean, I wasn't even checking like Instagram or checking my YouTube yeah. that much. YouTube's usually how I get that stuff. But so yeah, it was the number one song. So the first time I listened to it, we were at, we were at the beach. Um, I think the only person up was like Shmev, and I was like, "Hey, you heard the song?" He's like, "Yeah, I've been seeing stuff on TikTok about it." Yeah. And I was like, "This is one of those songs." Like, he didn't write trying to make a good song. He wrote yeah. it with the message first. So it, that's kind of like a different take. And I think like if we were to make music, a lot of times we're trying to make a good song and make it musically good. Mm-hmm. But like from what I've heard of him, it's more like what he's going to sing about. Like he cares about the yes the character to it. So this is funny you say that because I've been doing a lot of writer's rooms lately in Nashville and also at the studio. And I have friends of mine that bring writers in and... When we go to write a song, I'm the same way as y'all. I want I want to have a song that's going to move me to think of lyrics that, that inspire me from the song. Whereas some people yeah. really want to get the message down first and then put it to music. And that's hard for me. Because once yeah. I have a vibe that I want in my mind, it's hard for me to apply it on whatever instrument I'm trying to play. So like the sound I'm trying to get may not be what what sound I want for the song. So I don't know. It, it's it's funny because I think so many people have different writing styles and, you know, just depends on who you are. But I've heard it both ways. Some people yeah. like to start with the music first. Some people like to start with the writing first. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever works. And then within the music, some people like to start with a melody in their head, words in their head. Yeah. Well, that's the writing. But some people start with, like, the beat first. Yeah. For me, because, you know, I've played a lot of drums... Yeah. For me, you sound like a t- music teacher we used to have. Yeah, Continue. for me, for me. Um, but <laughs> I could never start with like the beat first because the beat I can apply a beat to anything that you play. I have to come up with the melody first. Oh yeah, because then I'm like, okay, now that I hear it, I know what kind of beat will match that melody. I yeah. can't. But I had a music teacher. He's like, you got to think of the beat first. I'm like, but I'm a drummer. I can come up with any kind of beat. Yeah, but. I guess it kind of depends, like, if you know what kind of song you're going to go for, you should go with the beat. But sometimes you don't know where you want to go. Yeah. You just have an idea. Sure. And then just let it take you wherever you yeah. start. And that goes back to the individual's creative process. 
that teacher was probably saying that because that's how his process works right. and that's how he knows to teach it. Yeah. Which is good for you to try. You don't know what, you know, you like to do until you try something like that, but yeah. I think melody is king and will always be king. I I learned this in a songwriting class. I also took a songwriting class, by the way. Oh that's great. <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. But in the songwriting class, we had talked about what really catches people. What's the hook for most songs? Well, when you sing a song in your head, you're not singing the drum beat. You're singing the melody. Hey, Jude. You know, like that's what you're singing, and that's what catches you and keeps you entertained. Whereas everything else is kind of filler, but... Mm-hmm. Not necessarily filler and like it doesn't matter. It's just like how how are you really gonna remember the song? It's gonna be the melody. So I thought that was interesting. I feel like you remember the melody, but the way the song makes you feel is the beat. Is the beat. Yep. Exactly. You should X that. I need to X you that. You need to X that, bro. That is good. That Thanks. is good. Thanks, Lane man. Parker too. Wild. Two K twenty three. Wild. Two K twenty three. My yeah. goodness. Because you can have a good melody. Yeah, but it, it just kind of depends on what people go back and think of that song. Like, hey, Jude, it's like you can kind of remember, OK, it's not like a fast, upbeat, super fast song. Mm. Well, you don't get that out of the melody. You get that out of the beat. But why do you remember it? Well, because the melody. Yeah. So I feel like the melody is what you remember. But the feelings. Oh, for sure. The beat. And I think like Max Martin. Sorry, I'm just going to add this. I'll let you go to your thing. Max Martin is a songwriter that's known for having like billions and billions and billions of streams because he's just wrote for so many different people, especially over here in America. Um, And he always writes the melody first. And that always Mm. stuck with me because I'm like, if I'm going to be anywhere near uh, like a songwriter that even has a song on the radio, I should start thinking more about melody. But then again, I don't know because I never had a song on the radio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's. Because radio still matters, right? Oh, apparently. Yeah. yeah. That's still the deciding factor. Good old FM. So let's let's unpack that. Yeah. Let's just dis- dissect, dissect that. Dissect. There you go. So you said melody is king. Yeah. In, in your opinion. Yeah. That would be because <laughs> of what you uh-huh. will think about after you're done listening to the song, like that, that gets stuck in your head? Yeah. Do you think that would differ for the person because i've heard some people who like who particularly like to dance they'll remember the beat more than anything else they don't really know what the words are whatsoever well disconnect sorry but you can go but disconnect i disconnect words all i can't if i listen to a freaking song i can't hear the words i'm sorry most of the time i can't i have to read the lyrics what do you mean the melody is what the notes so I think like what he's saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. Sure. But <laughs> but the, <laughs> the melody is all the notes. That's what I remember. The words I don't usually remember unless it if unless it has like a really deep message that I remember the words. But I disconnect lyrics and and the melody. But there's some songs though. Voice crack. There's some songs though that the words don't make any sense at all. Yeah. Tequila, <laughs> like yeah. like that, or like uh, dumb. But even example. the dun 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 dun, that's a melody. Yeah, that'll or, stick in your head. This is a great example, and this gets played all the time at the bars that I work at. Or uh, Carol, or Sweet Caroline. Yeah. 
That's not a lyric. That is not a lyric. No. They didn't sing that point. in the song either. If you listen to the song, nobody on the record actually sings that part. It's just the horns. But it's so memorable. Sorry. It's so memorable because it's a catchy melody. That's what like we call hook. That's what listeners really listen to like in their head. Like their brain is already subconsciously thinking about the next chorus when that, that is melody That is a perfect happens. example. Dude, I'm telling you. Because there's words right before it and right after it. No one cares. Everyone remembers that melody part and everyone sings that. Yeah. Even though there's literally no lyrics to it. But there are also, and this is where, you know, there there's exceptions. Like, if you think of We Will Rock You, yeah. boom, boom, clap, boom, boom, clap. Like, yeah. that's not a melody, but people always remember that. And that's a beat, you know? But, um, yeah. yeah. And then lyrics really come into play for those who who like the song enough to dig into it, you know? That's where you start to sell people on your brand and not yeah. the product, you know? So, you know. God, so, I sound Canadian. Canadian. You know? You know? Canadian. You sound like Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> Peterson. So, would you say the that... voice closes? You know, argument could be made that it's not necessarily the melody, but it's the hook. And oftentimes the hook is the melody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. You can even argue if you want to go a step further that even with the boom boom clap, that is a melody in of in of itself. Like all the drums, you yeah. can kind of make it in, in a way, definitely. Because it's low low high, right? High end clap. So it's boom boom clap, and people remember that. Yeah, I don't know. And then also, if you think about like Latin culture with their music, they have something very popular called a tracio beat. And it's that like very typical like yeah like that's groovy and you yeah. feel that but um, I don't think the melody is as nearly as important as what that beat is because that's that's what like you said gets me going or grooving or whatever. I think it depends on the style of music yeah, too. Definitely, because like what you're saying in that style, I think the beat probably is what I don't know, but that's like. I think the more dancey it is and the more upbeat it is, the more people kind of focus on the beat rather yeah. than the melody. But Oh, for sure. But yeah. I think, you know, you also think about, like, jazz. That's just cat, sc cat scratch fever. Like, that is just wild stuff. It man. is wild. <laughs> well, what's crazy? I love jazz. Is how seriously people will take themselves with it and everything's just like this deep, like philosophical outlook on a beat or a melody and, yeah. and there comes a point where it's like okay oh, oh, come, come on do you know i had You're this being a little crazy i had this realization the other day so to me like the way that a musician listens to jazz is kind of how like some rappers can look at very sophisticated sophisticated rap <laughs> Oh, like, sure. Just in the sense of like how technical something is. Because then there's like the whole mumble rap. But if you look at like quick, fast, like th that's impressive. But to me, it's impressive because how how hard and how difficult something is, True. which is usually what jazz is. It's like how difficult that is to play. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily enjoyable for a lot of people. When you get into those like really advanced technical sides of any art, I guess, especially in jazz for music, jazz. <laughs> Um, people are just appreciating it for the theory of, of what it is, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I explained music theory to someone like this the other day. I said, music theory is about, well, this is not what it is, but if it was like, mm -hmm. that's all music theory is. What do you mean? Exactly. 
<laughs> Hold on. No, I'm just kidding. What, like, what do you mean? <laughs> so, like, if you think about music theory, like, I remember when we were in high school doing, uh, I won't say her name, but that music theory class. Yeah. Um, like, it, w- it was always about, like, well, this is not the way it was intended. But if it was this way, this is what it would look like. That's yeah. not all of it. It's but not all of it. But once you get no. into it, yes, I, I agree. Like, when you get mm-hmm. into, like, level three music theory or whatever, like, college level high, like, no. Well, the silly thing about music theory is, like, they teach, there's different tiers and different levels of it. Sure. In, in college class, they'll call it theory one, theory two, theory three, theory four. Yeah. In one through two to probably two and a half. There's all these rules that you learn, and yep. you know this. But then you get into three and four, and it's like, okay, these rules can be broken yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And in theory four and five, it's like, okay, these rules can be broken, but for no good reason. But someone did it once, and now it's That okay. is exactly right, and that's what bothers me. Me and Zach, on the way down to the beach, I'm pretty sure we had this conversation. Did we? Really? We did. We were talking about music theory, and we were talking about... It was probably briefly. I just brought it up. But I, it made me think of this, because... The whole creative process, when someone made something like Mozart, Beethoven, yeah, we based our rules based off of what they did. All oh, these yeah. rules. But here's the thing. When they were making that, they didn't have rules. Yeah. But they just decided this sounded good. So I think people's creative process gets ruined by all the rules because, like you said, you learn what technically should sound good. But you're never going to be famous or popular so that the way. The thing with that, too, is that when they were making those rules, they were using math to create a theory, all while driving the fact that they couldn't use more ink than this amount. Like, yeah. that is all music theory was based on. Yeah. Folks, for those listening out there, all sheet music ha- was for the sole intent of like how theory works to save ink so that they could save money. I don't think they had a lot of ink. I've never heard it explained that way. And we've kept that for 200 years. <laughs> or more. Yeah. I don't know when they were alive. But also, <laughs> if they, like, now that we just seemingly have unlimited ink and not the same problems that the people did at the time, <laughs> yeah. if they did write out every single detail, it'd be a little much. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it would just, I think it would cause too much of, I don't know, confusion if we came up with a new, more efficient system, because there's got to be something more efficient now. But we've just gotten so comfortable with this, and that's how everything's been done for so long. It's just not going to make sense. Oh, I'm yeah. not comfortable with it. Oh, no one is. Well, unless you're like, I don't know, Miles Davis, RIP. Yeah. I, I remember like analyzing some music stuff, and I was like, this person just broke a rule. How can, They can't do that. You know what I mean? And then it's like you figure out who it is, and it's like, oh, well, they can do it because they're Mozart or whatever. I'm like, then I can too. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm like, if there's a rule, my natural instinct is to just break it. That's a great thing. It is a good thing for creative process. You should just do the opposite of what you're told to do. Yeah. When creating music, though, you can only take it so far. I think you have to establish yourself as a musician to show that you can play the game by the rules before you can break it. Oh, definitely. There's a Miles Davis quote about rules. Y'all continue. I'm going to... I think I know what you're talking about. Pull up the JoJo Mayer quote, too. Uh, What's that one that we loved so much? I can't remember. remember. I remember y'all were obsessed with him at one point. Oh, we were... I mean, the dude is insane. I mean, he had this weird jazz fusion music that we weren't a huge fan of, but technically on drums, he was just 
wild. <laughs> he was so like technical too. A lot of his techniques oh, yeah. that like he inspired me to like learn a lot of different techniques and well, stuff. What was it that he did? It was like the pull. It was something Mr. The Wilson tried to teach us. Oh, whoops. But uh, the push-pull technique. Dude, yeah. that was some of the most insane technical, like, fulcrum point on a drumstick I've ever seen. But I can't find the Miles Davis quote Man, I was thinking just go of. so fast. I think I know which one you're talking about. About rules? Yeah. Well, he did have this one, too, and this this literally sums up jazz to me. When you hit a wrong note, it's the next note that makes it good or bad. And oh, that's yeah. very, very true. We had a music teacher who was like, if you played the wrong note, just play it again. And then just play it again. And like play around that wrong but, note. But because see, I, I would do that and then I'd get called out for it. So which is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can't ever win. Who was that piano player or that keys player that was jazz that uh, had the watermelon song? Oh, you know what I'm uh, talking Herbie about? Hancock? Herbie, Herbie Hancock. Hancock. So Herbie Hancock, I think it was a masterclass video, and I'm really, really pulling this out of nowhere. So if I'm wrong, tell me in the comments. But he had talked about this story where he was playing with Miles Davis, I believe it was, like at a really young age. And they were playing some like jazz standard, and he had hit a wrong chord on piano. Herbie Hancock did. And he was like, oh, no. And Miles like looks at him. But then Miles resolves it and made oh, the wrong yeah. note correct. Yep. And it's all about the phrasing. Like, that's that's the thing, man. And I think Jazz does this perfectly, too. The rules are meant to be broken. And it's only until you break the rules and find out whether or not it worked or not or find a resolve for it that you know whether or not to do it again. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which... Yes, you get it. <laughs> talk about the oversaturation of the. Mu I'm trying to think of where to start this thought. The oversaturation yeah, yeah. of um, the music industry and all the music that's being produced. A lot of these artists are so artistic and inspired and original that they just break all the rules at once. I think. Oh sure, yeah. Especially when you have the like you know oversaturation of people just like not knowing what they're doing or the standards and they make their own way of doing things and sometimes that works out great and you well you both had a teacher that said okay are you breaking the rule because you don't know how to do it right or is that's that a conscious true. choice i don't that's remember a good point i don't remember that either but that's a very good point oh i don't remember him saying that i probably should have listened to him more <laughs> <laughs> well the other thing too um Going back to the whole creative process. I have a good quote. After Did you. you find it? Well, I'll, I'll let you go That's more related. This, I don't remember this. Um, real quick, though, this is a different one. Practice what you can't play. If you sound good while you're practicing, you're not getting better. That's Jojo Mayer right that's, there. That's Jojo Mayer. Here's another one talking mm. about the whole machine <laughs> and getting replaced. This is perfect. I don't even oh. know when he said this. But this is probably more relevant today than ever. No, Jojo Mayer. Oh, Jojo Mayer. He said, man is not a machine and was not designed to play like a machine. But we have something that can make us better than machines. And I'm getting more interested in the creative difference between zero and one. That's what I want to explore. That's the magical stuff. It's not tangible, but people can feel it. Oh. Oh. Boom, baby. baby. Golly, I love Jojo. He's it's like a philosopher. A phil a philanthrop a philosopher. A philanthropher. Philanthropher. Isn't he the one that tried to mimic um, a drum machine? Yes. In some of his playing. Yeah. Well, he would oh. have. 
as far as the sounds, not the technicality necessarily. Yeah. He would try to, because he had like this jazz tech beat thing, and he tried to merge like electronic kits into acoustic. Yeah, fusion, pretty much. It reminds weird. He, his playing reminds me because it's jazz fusion of this guy I follow on Instagram. Shout out to Mayo Drummer. And this guy has done all of these crazy things, breaking the rules, where he'll take a drum set and he'll hook it up to analog equipment with like raw wire and water bowls and steel and all of these guitar pedals routed through his drums and stuff. And he makes wild technical beats that are merged with digital audio. That's cool. It's really cool. And I love the guy. Y'all should check him out. He's amazing. Well, speaking of, of writing, and also you, you bring up Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. both of those things made me think of this. Um, JP. JP. <laughs> Every now and then something good comes out of Canada. Um, <laughs> you know, Ain't that the truth. He's, he's one of those things. Um, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast um, recently. Well, he's been on like five or six times. Yeah, oh, probably. I'm yeah. going through. Somebody made a playlist on Spotify. I'm listening to all of them. Yeah, he's been <laughs> on there a lot. So that's like 16 hours worth of. Hearing a Canadian in your ears, yeah, it's, it's a lot. But he 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 uh, he was talking about rules, and and I think this ties into the creative process. He said uh, to Joe Rogan, he's like, "Do you want to play a game?" He's like, "Oh yeah, sure." He's like, "Okay, you go first. Yeah, well, I remember that. He's like, "Yeah, that's what he said." He's like, well, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Your move." Like, yeah, like, you haven't given me any rules or or, or or anything. He's like, "Exactly." You have to have a rule to follow in order to be creative. And then break the rules. And then break uh, the rules. It just goes back to you because have to know what you're doing before you know, you know how to do it wrong on purpose. If you think <laughs> of like, yeah. <laughs> oh, put that in a quote and on a shirt, dude. Exit. We are going to sell so many Woo! of those. If you start, if you, if you want to play a game, you have to have some kind of rule to get going. Or even to start anywhere. Like like he said, if you're just like, okay, you start. Start what? Like, what are we even doing? You don't even... Like, first you gotta have something that you're playing or something that you're doing. And that, that kind of grounds you to get the rules. Yeah. I mean, the Miles Davis quote, something, I couldn't find it. But it was just kind of like, basically, know the rules so you can break them kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that kind of goes to that. Is you got to know the the foundation, and got to know how to play the game, like you said, just to to, to do it wrong. So I also to speak. think, like, I don't know if you all have ever thought about this, but something that really struck me in an earlier age of my teenage years was something called perceived boundaries. Like, there's a difference between the rules that are presented to you and the perceived boundaries that your mind makes up that you feel like you have to follow. So, like, if we're playing rock paper scissors. What's stopping me from playing fire? That's a perceived boundary, baby. You told yourself those are the only three things you can use. Like, that's a yeah. stupid example, but you know what I mean. I see what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think people always kind of put rules around stuff that's... A lot of it's just unspoken and just kind of like... Oh, sure. It reminds me of this one thing. You, you saying that reminds me of a Kanye West thing he was talking about. Just hear me out. It, this is a little extreme. But oh, it's Kanye West. It, it, it goes kind of similar to that, and I think if you can use it in a creative way, it can be good. But he's like, we have all of these like walls that were put up ever since we're like a kid, um, of like things that you can't do. And it's like if if a kid's talking too loud, we tell that kid to shut up. 
the kid stands on a table. We tell him, get off the table. So all these things, like, they're just exploring the world, and we're just, like, putting them down constantly. And then it's like, okay, I, I'm not allowed to talk too loud. I'm not allowed to stand sure. on the table. I'm not allowed to do this. Perceived so, boundaries. Exactly, like what you're talking about. It's like, of course, I want to live in a society where we don't all just jump on the tables and scream at each other. Oh, but we. Sure. We also kind of do that with our creative process in music, which is probably how he's able to make music, is he takes oh, yeah. all of those perceived boundaries, throws it out the window, and just creates. It's such a bummer that he's had so many problems. I've really enjoyed his music. Yeah. But uh, that also reminds me of something that I saw the other day. Um, oh, gosh, I literally just blanked on it. No, no, okay. So someone, I saw this on social media, someone was talking about to their father, like, you know, like, like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, dude, I've got to do this, and I've got this going on, and I have to do this, and, you know, life is just, you know, basically living my, or living me at this point. I'm not living life, and the father had responded to the, to the son and said, listen, the only thing you have to do is die. Everything else until then is a choice. If you have to use the bathroom... You don't choice. have to do it. It's a you choice. don't have to. Poop your pants. That's how you can die. <laughs> Hold it in. <laughs> Born to crap, forced to wipe. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yes, we're Zach. coming up with so many t-shirts. Yes, yes. Two K twenty-three. But no, I mean, if you really think about it, though, I, if you think about it, <laughs> it's it's very empowering because you think about, you know. In any culture, you look at the things around you to give you guidelines, rules, and perceived boundaries yeah. of what you need to be doing, what you should be doing, and what you have to do. But really, you, don't have to you just anything, have yeah. to die. Yeah. Everything else until then is a choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, th everything in our like culture, society, if you will, <laughs> I sound so dumb. is literally those rules. <laughs> it makes sense, though. It does make sense, but yeah. It That's does what's so like funny that. about it. It sounds preposterous like but. if i just go up to zach and start kissing him like <laughs> in some cultures that's just like hey how you doing well in one country in particular farting is a greeting <laughs> yeah what i don't remember where but i saw it on the internet like Must i was talking about kissing on the cheek thing you know we don't oh, do that isn't that is that france or italy or something Something. some european know, country countries Look, you put <laughs> Theo. <laughs> you put forty Frenchmen in a room. I don't like. It. I don't like. It. <laughs> he really doesn't crazy. like the French. He's only he's the only person that can get away with something like that. I know. And he ain't it's even crazy. playing a character. But no, he's he's, he's another talking. example of a of a creative that breaks the rules of life. Oh sure, authenticity. He'll say, he'll say the most outlandish things. I guess that really is what defines a creative or an artist yeah. you know they just see how how many rules they can break yeah honestly yeah yeah the way they dress they're not gonna dress like the like way me. i would say like leighton over here you know too standard you think, think billy eyelash is gonna dress up like that and stand out no honestly i live for billy eyelash's outfits they're the She's funniest so coolest things i've ever seen in my life but it, it's just crazier. You see it even in in the eighties with the what was pushing boundary of what was acceptable with the long hair and the makeup. And oh my gosh! Tell me about it. I look at my parents' wedding photos and I just think, my God, where did that ferret get on my dad's head? <laughs> ferret. 
What am I going to think about my hair when I look back on it? I don't know. Me either. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's another example of That stuff. has stayed true what? through time is bald. Yeah. Bald. Yeah, yeah. I really, I, I've thought about it multiple times because I get lazy sometimes with shaving. Like, should I just grow it back out? And I was like, no. There was one time, man, I didn't shave for a month, and I looked at my hairline and said, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It is a pixie land fart of a dream. Tell you what, <laughs> if we get a sponsor by some rehair grow product, God! that's what I've been saying. That would be fantastic. If any of y'all are confident enough. If you're confident enough, give us some products. We'll try it out on Zach. And if he grows back hair, grows back his we'll hair, be lifelong partners. We will endorse this forever. Listen, if I get a thousand more subscribers today, I'll shave my head. Zach, this isn't even going out for this like another for week. A week. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, oh well. Well, what, well. What, what else is new in the world? Uh, uh, we saw Gran Turismo. That was awful. Talk was about so it. You want to make Leighton wish he never sees it? Okay, so I'll, I'll just give you the little little background. Gran Turismo was a video game made in the 2000s? I think. Jamie? T- 2010s? I don't, I don't know. Um, but basically, it, was a, it wasn't a racing game. It was a racing simulator. And it's kind of similar to Forza in that way. But Forza is still more of a game. Um, so anyways, a long while ago, it's based on a true story. There was the sim racers, you know who would get on the wheels and the PC and they would actually race on this game, ended up doing really good lap times, so good that they would beat dr- drivers' real lap times in real cars. But they decided to do this thing. I think it was Nissan. Yeah, Nissan did a partnership with Gran Turismo and said, hey, we're going to bring sim racing to F1. And we're going to have these people, um, and we're going to have these like kids or like racers actually compete with real drivers to show that, you know, Nissan will be the first to do it, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyways, this kid goes along, and he ends up, you know, spoiler alert, and he ends up being, like, a really good F1 racer, and he's actually won, like, multiple races in real life. But the movie was done so horribly. The acting was awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was bad. It was so bad. The story was great. Yeah. Yeah. And based on a true story is probably the best part of this movie. If it wasn't based on a true story... Yeah. I wouldn't like cool. <laughs> the very like first it. one came out in 1997, and man, it Whoa. looks dated. But since then, it looks pretty Whoa. good. But yeah, that's wild. But no, it's like Hallmark level acting. What was his name? Like I don't that know. the the true story. I'm honestly not sure. J A A N. You should look it up. Yon. About who? Oh, is that what it was? Yon? I think I don't know. I don't remember his last name, but I think that's his first name. But yeah, it was cool, and they showed like a little like excerpt at the end of the movie of all of his achievements, and that wreck really did happen. Yeah, wild. Yeah, I don't think I think it's like GT type racing, right? Well, I don't. It may not be F one. I don't know. I just I don't know enough about it. I just assume it's F one. No, it's uh, yeah, it's something. It was. I'm just getting more and more disappointed with every movie I see. I was telling Presley the other day, I'm kind of like movied out. Like, I'm just kind of tired of sitting in a movie theater for two and a half to three hours just to get disappointed. Oh, yeah. It's just like... Pay $60 a movie. Yeah, basically. Before snacks. Before snacks. (laughs) Well, we don't buy from... Anyway. (laughs) I'm thinking for a birthday, there's this thing you can do with some theaters where you can rent out a theater and like play Xbox. That's a good idea. Could you imagine that? We're doing that. We gotta do as that. As long as the input delay isn't bad. And That's I know that sounds nerdy, but too. 
I was like, that ain't Galea. It, it, g- wow. You got it. <laughs> What's well, a that projector? Ain't... So it's probably pretty bad for gaming. I'd say so. Yeah, I would probably, think. But... I don't know. Just movies, video games, video game movies. Just content in general is just bad. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen a lot of movies that I want to see. Like, I want to see Oppenheimer. I want to see John Wick 4. I want to see, uh, what was that? Oh, the Super Mario movie that was supposed to be oh. okay. Um, yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I still like movies. movies. Yeah, I'm just kind of, I don't know, in a blah kind of mood. Oppenheimer them. was good. The last good movie I saw before that was probably The Batman. Oh, yeah, that's the gosh. last good movie I've seen. I cannot wait until the next one. I can't believe they're waiting so long. I can't wait till the Joker. That's the one I'm looking forward to. I I liked the first Joker movie, but it was it's just really intense. Like I haven't watched it again since, just because it's such a real and raw movie. I don't know if I'll watch this next one or not. Like I've I've noticed lately, and yeah. I think this has kind of been good for me. I've noticed like some shows or movies that are just really heavy. Like they may be really good and well written, but if they're really heavy, I don't like watching it because it ends up being a downer on my day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Breaking Bad, for instance. That's my favorite TV show of all time, but I can't watch it a ton. Yeah. You know? That's what you It's mean. dark. I don't know about y'all. What do you think? Well, same thing with music, too. Oh, sure. Everything you everything ingest. Back to music. <laughs> yeah, everything you ingest ends up playing some kind of effect on your mood. Yeah. That's why I can't eat Taco Bell as much. <laughs> that's got more of an effect Ooh. on you than your mood. Yeah, that's got oh, some golly. effect on your bowels. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you. Look like freaking, you know, you know, Yellowstone geyser. You know, whatever. Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Yosemite. Look like a dam opening up, you know. <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> I got lost in the theoisms. <laughs> the theoisms. Like a the- uh, uh, Jimmy Hendrix guitar. guitar. A guitar. Oh, just swervy and artistic. Swervy. Yeah. The bowl after oh. you're done pooping. Oh. oh anyway. Yes. Topic change. So I got twerked on at work. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So last night, now mind you, when this when we were filming this, yesterday for me was the day before the UT game. And the UT volunteers are playing at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. So me working that night on a Friday night with all the college kids from Knoxville coming down, all of them, I got a heck of an experience that I won't forget and will likely try. But, yeah, I was uh, running lights for a DJ and a late-night club, and there was this girl who thought I was the DJ, tried to give me five bucks for a song. I took the money, and I said, yeah, what do you want to play? And she said, oh, can we play uh, Country Roads? Yeah. Like which Virginia? Yeah, yeah. So here's your five back. The DJ's up there, and she was like, "Oh, okay." And then another girl comes by and she says, "Hey, can I request a song?" I was like, "No." She was like, "Why?" I'm the lighting guy. She's like, "Oh, okay." Then she starts twerking on me, and I'll in the booth. In so the she booth. knew she knew you weren't because she asked, yeah. and she's she just like that bald asked, head. I got <laughs> 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 I liked it. So, anyways, <laughs> there, there was probably like seven people the whole night that asked me to play a song because they thought I was a DJ. All because that one person did it. Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're all drunk. I don't yeah, even they think don't. I saw the first They can't one, even though. see. Yeah, can't even see straight. It's all colors and well, blur. Was it yeah. nice? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I didn't hate it, <laughs> but it was also one of those things like, okay, I mean, you're not wife material, so you can go on along, you know? <laughs> yeah. No that life material to be had. Fair. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. It's never a dull night in Nashville. Mm. I could not do your job. It's, I don't think I could either. It's fun at times, but it gets really stressful. Others, but... Like, forget the job itself. I just need sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get, I get the same amount of sleep for the most part, unless I'm doing, like, a closing shift and an opening shift the next day, which does happen, sadly. But, um, yeah, I sleep normal amount. It's just it, at a different time. You got home at... What time last night, this morning? I think it was like 3.30, maybe. You got offered another gig tonight? Yeah, it was from a spot in Franklin, so I don't know if I'll end up doing that one, though. But it was really good pay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I may yeah. need to do that Dude. just for the sake of it. I went to bed at 7.30 twice last week. Really? Yep. Wow. Twice I think this week. I don't know. It all runs together. I guarantee you, though, you know, if y'all wanted to, you can come through. I bet there's going to be some local band who's probably got some guitarist that's as good as Hendrix because he lives in Nashville, you know? And I jokingly say that, half half jokingly, but half truthful. Because, like, half the artists down here are good enough to where you're like, holy heck, how have you not been found out, you know? But, yeah. Anyway. Nashville's just, I just hate walking through Nashville. It's gone to hell. It's gone it, to hell. It, it has. <laughs> all it is, yeah. all it is, is just like obnoxiously loud me. I was walking in the middle of the day for lunch to get some lunch with yeah. some guys at work and it was just so, and just in the middle of the day, all it was was all these drunk people. I'm like, get a job. You know? <laughs> yeah. Drunk people in the middle, I'm 20 saying that. I was about to say, how old are you? I'm like, get a freaking job. It's the middle of the day and you're out in these bars and it's just so obnoxious. And the drummers, you know, they're all like lined up. You could basically touch the drummer. Yeah. They're side by side, both obnoxiously loud. They're playing two different beats and they're right beside each other. Yeah. They try to like tune each other out. You know, they have, like, headphones on, and they're just trying to focus on their song. Mm -hmm. But all you hear when you're walking by is... <laughs> just loud. So, I'll tell you what that is. That's and drunk people. That's something called loudness wars. And, and drug addicts. When you're downtown, you try to have the loudest bar. Kid Rocks, I constantly clock inside there at, like, 108. Which, by the way, 130 is as loud as a jet engine. Okay? 108 is hearing loss, and they're and they're peaking there. It's not consistent, but anyways, like those bars downtown, whatever's the loudest, people go, "Whoa, yeah, let's go there!" But like a bunch of drunk dummies, so it happens. But the good thing about our circuit, which I will not name, is we have like an entirely standardized system, unlike other bars with other engineers. Like we've got like uh, compression timing that we're supposed to follow, guidelines, rules, perceived boundaries. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but nice. we like are very unique in that sense. Like we only have electronic kits. Nowhere else on uh. Broadway has that. Just because we have more control over the sound and the loudness and the amplitude. Like it's huh. it's awesome. Sound, loudness, and amplitude. I said the same word three different ways. <laughs> yeah, you did. But yes, that's good. Not necessarily. Yeah. I guess they're different. He was meaning the same thing. Sound, yeah. volume, and amplitude. Okay, maybe the last two. Volume, amplitude. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I like. I I do love my job. It's just really stressful at times, and it's long hours. You know. Yeah. I don't have the patience for that. I've got a lot of patience. 
I don't have the patience. <laughs> okay. Dude, sometimes those drunk people exceed the limits of my medication, dude. It is. <laughs> There's it is a quote. Tough. <laughs> you should X that. Oh, God. <laughs> I need to exit. We're going to X a lot of stuff from this like, podcast. Like, leave? Exit. exit. Yeah. Exit. Ah. I'll tell you. Yeah. I, mean, I don't like. You, you put 40 Nashville people in front of me. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't like oh, them. I think it goes back to what you say. It's just it's obnoxious. The, it's obnoxious. And literally, you're walking down and you look up and you're like, holy crap, that's a nice building. And it's just gorgeous and everything's nice. Yeah. You take one turn and it's just like you're in Gotham City. Oh, Especially yeah. if you're at night and it's foggy and you have this like drug addict homeless walking through the mist and the fog yeah. <laughs> and it's all around you and they're all lined up and they're talking to you and you don't know what they're saying. I'm like, am I in a freaking movie? Like, where am I? Oh, hey. you'll see some crazy stuff out there. Yeah, no, one time I was playing a gig in Nashville. This was, this was before. Wild! Probably like <laughs> sorry, three, four years ago. Okay. We were uh, unloading one of the vehicles with the drum kit, and I was helping the drummer unload. And I look over to my left, and it's just this homeless guy. He's he's kind of eyeballing me. I'm like, what, what are you looking at? So I start eyeballing him back. Ooh, new crush. Oh, dear. Well, no, I, I should have just looked away. He was checking his surroundings because little did I know, but he, he was checking around because he just whipped it out and just started urinating on the street. Oh, yeah, I've gotten peed on by a homeless person. So don't y'all want to mention Nashville? <laughs> it's no. Nash Vegas now, dude. Yeah, let me just, tell you. Uh, well, tell me. Tell oh me. yeah, I was. This was capital. No, this was like my second or third day of training. Like this was only like my third time downtown, and I was walking. I was looking at my phone on the GPS because I didn't know the area yet, and I, all of a sudden I, I felt like something hit my leg, and I was like, "Man, it's not raining." I was getting hit by splash from some dude just peeing in the middle of the sidewalk. What and I smelled world? like that for the rest of the day. It was awful. You didn't like do it in the corner or like nope. against a wall? Nope. Just just went. And he was just peeing on people. I mean, he was peeing in one spot, but I got hit with the splash. And then I also seen one dude taking a dump. I would have peed on him. Well, that's, that's a lawsuit. You know what's crazy? <laughs> people like living in the city. Isn't that wild? I don't get the hype. If If it's a city like... Franklin, I'm a little more understanding. But if it's sure. Nashville, if it's like big cities, which Nashville isn't even the biggest. So let's take like it's New York not. or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, why? Why do you like, want to live there? People like the chaos. Yeah, it's organized chaos. It's not organized, though. It's just It's chaos. pretty organized. Uh, I mean, at any moment, there could just be a mass riot and you just die or pees <laughs> on you. Or <laughs> what is this, any, medieval times again? It, it feels like it. I'm walking down there. and it, it, Like, if you even bump shoulders, like, people are out there just walking and they're on a mission. And they hit you and you're just walking down. I mean, it's just <laughs> wild out there. It's the concrete jungle, man. I don't, I've never been. It's a jungle. I, I want a jungle. Maybe that's the appeal. People like the chaos. Yeah, no, I think people really like that. Like, if you listen to Joe Rogan, because again, that's the yeah. only con or only podcast that exists. Um, Not ours. He'll have like I think it was his name, uh, Andrew Schuff or something. Schultz. Schultz. Andrew Schultz. He talks about living in New York. He loves yeah. it. He loves the chaos. He talks about. It. He's like, you know, one guy's walking down the street cussing someone out. Another guy just got stabbed, and you're just sitting yeah. there laughing. And gosh. <laughs> It sounds like Andrew Saltz. Yeah. I guess I get it. I mean, you get a lot of I good stories kind of. out of it. Yeah, I suppose. You've gotten so many. Oh, yeah. And, I, and this is just Nashville. I would, if if it wasn't for the people, 
It's only the people that I have a problem with. Yeah. Generally, like, the atmosphere is fantastic. Yeah. But if you took the population and just halved it, then I'd be happier. Lord, I can't wait for a recession. <laughs> wow. Um, Let me tell I can, you. Well, I'll, I'll be excited when the housing market crashes. But side note, I think if you took, the, like, the, I don't know, the the atmosphere or the people, yeah. I guess, from, say, Franklin, yeah. and then you just stick a million of those in New York, like, I'm fine with that, because everyone's yeah. going to be cool for the most part, yeah. but, I don't know, New York is like, don't touch me or I'll punch you in the face. Exactly. It's when like, we went to New York, crazy. Probably, this is about 10 years ago now. Yeah. 10, you remember that? Yeah. Oh, oh I remember you? that trip. I was pretty young. Like five? No. Not six? No. What if you? this was 10 years ago, I was 10. It was 2014. So you were 10? I was 11. 11. 2014, you were 12. I was born in 2003. Oh, my gosh. What's your mother's maiden name? What was the name of your first dog? Social. (laughs) Social. What What were we talking about? Anyway, uh, we went to, this is related to what you were saying about how everyone just looks like they want to hurt you. When we went to New York, we took um, the subway and, and... the trains mm-hmm. often just to get around, and uh, that's exactly what you would think it's exactly like. Exactly as you described, everybody was had headphones in, hoodie up, or, or in a mm. newspaper. Yeah, I did see a couple newspapers, iPads. Everybody was just everyone. Everyone either wants to kill you or kill themselves. Woo! That is New York City. Yep, everyone. They're either unbelievably depressed, and who wouldn't be? Or they are ready to kill you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I've never been. I, I'll have go to, once. <laughs> I want to go back. I, I, I want to. Yeah. I have to give a review once I make my way there. I'm know. exaggerating, but it, it's I not. I don't think you are. Maybe not. It's I'm pretty really not. But it, it's like I would love to go visit again. I just I don't think I'd ever want to live there. Do you remember kind of when hot. we were at the grocery store? which was, like, really cramped at this one particular one. I, I don't yeah. think this was – I don't think we were in New York yet. Maybe Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. area. Yeah. Uh, went to the grocery store, and uh, Dad had the shopping cart. He accidentally bumped into somebody. He's like, oh, sorry, my bad. The guy looked at him like, like, uh, yeah. what, like what's wrong with you? Like, apparently like, people don't say that. People don't apologize if they bump into you or hit you or, like – I just move on. Or hit your car, like when you're oh parking. Oh, my gosh. When they know, they know when to stop when they hit your car. Like, and, like, like parallel it. parking, parking, and just parking in general. I, I get riled up about this stuff. They hit your car, and they're like, okay, I've gone too far. They're reverse. not hitting my car. No, they did, they did it. That's e- just the way it was. in that area. They would get out of their car, and we'd be like, what in the world? And they just walk on like it's no big deal. Like, yeah, just hit your car. Suck it. Well, they wouldn't, like, do any damage, but, like, when just they're parallel tap. parking... They back up, hit the car behind them, pull forward, hit the car in front of them, then pull somewhere in the middle. Yeah. There's no way. That's the way it was. That, I, backhand city. I'm like, how do you have a nice car? Yeah, how do you have a nice car ever? No thanks, no thanks, no thanks. I mean, my car just got smashed. I'm not going to talk about it, but I got in a wreck. Where? Nashville. Shocker? I think not. (laughs) Like, <laughs> like, what do you expect? It's a big city. <laughs> I think not. I mean, people are insane. I think we, yeah. I think we had a nerve. Something happens. Something happens when you just stick a bunch of people all clustered together. Joe Rogan, the only content in the world. 
he was talking about this, <laughs> and, and he, he was he was talking to some guy I can't even remember, but he was talking about like I don't really think it's like a great thing when you just have all these people clustered together because instead of people being people and having personalities, they're just an annoyance. They're in your way. People, everyone's just in your way. They're they're clouding the space versus like we got plenty of room, and, and you know no, no one's on top of me. No one's annoying me. So I'm like, I'm interested in the people I'm around. That's kind of how it is in the South, generally, in the, in the city, except for Nashville. Well, I think you care yeah. a little bit more when it is such a smaller setting, like yeah. in smaller towns and stuff where everybody knows everybody's business. Exactly. That's got their downsides, but that'll keep you to a higher moral standing. Yeah, you care about your sure. community more. Yeah, I don't know how sure. much of a sense of community they have up there in New York. Well, not to mention, well, too, there's a lot of parts in New York. Like, you got Brooklyn yeah. and Manhattan. I think they have that um, identity. Like, oh, um, I'm from this area or this right, area. Yeah. But, or just kind of like that, I'm a New Yorker kind of thing. I'm a New Yorker. But it's also, I, I don't know. I, I just, it was an experience. It was an and experience I, I don't mean anymore. to, you know, just take a dump all over New York. It was actually, it was pretty good. Well, Even though New York will probably take a dump on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone was just taking a dump wherever they wanted. Yeah, the, given a chance, they probably would. Um, but we saw some good sights, too. Yeah, we did. It was a good trip, and I do want to go back one day once everything's a little calmer. But uh, I, I, I could have sworn I was going to get in trouble the other day at work. I don't know if I've told you all. Actually, I know I haven't told you all this. So there's this part of my day where it's closing the music's off, the clean lights are turned on, and we're trying to get people out. But they just won't leave. So what I'll do is I get a little fancy with it, you know, get a little techie, because I'm an audio engineer. And <clears throat> I will cue the talk back for the booth that goes up to the stage and route it to the front of the house. So that way I get on the mic and say, hey, thank you everyone for choosing such and such location that remains unknown. Um, to fill up your glass and do your thing and well, anyways, um, I told people to get out in a very nice and funny way, but the I look over at the manager and he's just like eyeballing me and he's like, "What was your name again?" It's like Zach. He's like, "Okay." <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I got written up probably for what? Well, it's a long story, but I said I said some funny things. Oh, did you show me this? I did. Your little script that, that you did? My yeah. script. Why is it just now backfiring? I think it's funny. I, I did it again, fun. and then they finally, I guess they finally f like figured out that, like, oh, we don't like that. But anyways. Well. Well. It's, uh, I, I, let me say this. I don't curse or I don't say anything mean. It's just a little phrase I use that it's, it's a little controversial. It's confrontational. Yeah. I wish I could say it, but I really can't. Because it would give way, way too much as to where I work. So basically, you're trying to um, social engineer. Social engineer. You're trying <laughs> to make them laugh and, to get them in a good mood to just leave. And, yeah, and the people love it too. I haven't had a single person give me a weird look or say that they don't like it. Like everyone turns around and laughs and then starts walking towards the exit. Yeah. Which so is it the works. goal. It's the goal. It's funny. I'm funny. It works. He's bald. They're gone. I'm bald. I would think management would like it because that means they close earlier. Yep. Yeah, I mean too, but I think oh, well. the whole thing is, is that we're not really allowed to like fraternize with patrons and stuff. Is that the right word? Fraternize? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that word means. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, um yeah, let's hope I uh still have my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's well, gonna I, be like, What the 
say? <laughs> I've heard it. It's it's really not that bad, but it, it is it is pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, I have to pee. Okay. Let's go. Uh,